Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming to you live from King Killer Studios in Brooklyn, 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 New York. This is Mark and Sarah talk about songs, and also Mark and Sarah stare each other in the eye, which is a separate thing. Without blinking. <laughs> I am messed up in here. Here for episode number 113, I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and as you've probably already gleaned, sitting across from me in a very cute top is Sarah D. Bunting. It's actually a dress, and it's from Bowdoin. They're not a sponsor. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Hi. Clearly, I'm only looking at you from the waist up because of the table that's in the way but yes actually um, i could not have pants on and who would know i know no one uh so actually you know i have recorded because it sometimes we record these episodes and it's hot and i have to turn my air conditioner off i've recorded several episodes of this podcast without a shirt on can you figure out which ones <laughs> um i've recorded a couple like sitting on a towel at my desk because it gets so sweaty and my chair is a like vintage leather affair mm. it's just like this is gonna get really gross mark and sarah talk about sweat yeah um speaking of things that are hot today we're talking about the bangles eternal flame Ooh. which was uh suggested to us quite some time ago by listener cat g and i suspect also by our esteemed colleague adam g roseworth I could be wrong about that. It doesn't actually totally seem outside the realm of possibility, but yeah. Certainly, Adam Grossworth came to mind when we saw this request and decided to talk about the song. So, I'm not sure what... I think it's literally only the fact that it's Adam G. But Yeah. <laughs> in any case, um, the Bangles... This was not the enduring song from the Bengals' career. Like, this is not the one that is always on the oldie station. Um, Which one is it? Is it Manic Monday or Walk Like an Egyptian? I think Manic Monday is like drive time. Mm -hmm, Still, mm -hmm. they're playing that. But Walk Like an Egyptian, I think, which I'm sure they hate, that what was basically a novelty single... Yes. um, Like, drove them to... uh, Not prosperity, but like that that was like, I think the monster hit and still the first one that people are like, oh, walk like an Egyptian. And they do the little. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. And then there's this move. That video was so much fun, too. It's just like people on the street walking like an Egyptian. It was super fun. This video basically encapsulates every reason that um, the record company like fucked up and led to the Bengals breaking up by making Susanna Hoffs the cute one and the de facto lead singer. When what they wanted, because I just rewatched their Behind the Music, they wanted to be taken seriously as a band, and they did not want to be, first of all, compared to the Go-Go's, because the Go-Go's were more of a punk pop band, and they were trying right. to be more of a new wave surf rock band. Uh-huh. And it was like, the 80s just wouldn't allow it. They were like, no, you look sexier, Susanna, you rip off that top, and you sing in a bed. And I just don't agree that, like, I think it's sexier that which one is lead guitar Vicky Vicky Robin Ro- Vicky Sue Robinson is a discussing her but yes Vicky yeah. something yes um, yeah that I'm sort of like in this video she's like you know in the dark basically in a black outfit like Susanna Hoffs gets to be like on the beach kneeling winsomely Vicky Peterson Vicky Peterson everyone else has to like stand in a darkened room wearing black 
leotards and yes. looking plaintive, and Michael Steele looks soups pissed about it and she is always the one who's like i quit and then she'll come back for a while and then she's like i I quit quit again well before we go any further shall we listen to a clip of eternal flame um yes and i would suggest those of you listening at home just turn the volume down a little as they should have done to susanna hoff's mix but they didn't and here we all are Okay, uh, that does not do Susanna Hoffs any favors. Like, it's not live. Why wouldn't you key it down? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, here, here the fact is, I don't find her voice particularly pleasant, even when she's not struggling to hit notes or to like do a little um, vibrato that she doesn't that she doesn't really have access to. Um, but that sort of voice is good for some things in rock and roll. It's just not good for this ballad. And then when the harmonies come in and all the altos sort of come in and rescue her, like the song, qua song, is pretty good. They yeah. just needed to key it down a, a couple steps or let Michael sing it. She had better eyeliner. There I said it. Oh. Well, you know, it's so interesting that you should bring up uh, the harmonies because Andrew, my husband, and Smarty Pants Music Guy mentioned that (laughs) one of the reasons he has liked this song always is that in the bridge, which is the say my name, sunshine through the rain, that part. Yeah. They do something there with the harmonic progression of the vocals that's called the circle of fifth. Apparently, oh, I did, he said okay. he. I was like, "What does that mean?" And he was like, it's, "It would be an excellent bar name, also." Yeah, yes. But he said, "Don't worry about it." But when I asked him to explain it, but he was also like, "It's apparently incredibly rare for popular music to use that model of harmonic progression in vocals." So huh. apparently, there is something musically quite unique about this song, which I always just interpreted as pretty. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. I just locked the mic over. Shit. It's not that pretty. I got so enthusiastic about talking about how pretty Eternal Flame is that I almost created a flame by setting everything on fire <laughs> in, in the studio. Um, yeah, I also have historically enjoyed this song because as a, um emotional five-year-old, I enjoy responding to the question, is this burning an eternal flame with no young lady? It's gonorrhea, <laughs> and you should go to the clinic and get that taken care of. How can, The joke is right there, though. I mean, it would almost be rude not to make that joke. I know. <laughs> I can remember, and now I've made it. Good night. I can remember being... This song came out in 1989, so I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, somewhere in there. I still lived in my old house, and I went up the street to Jeremy and Stephanie Johnson's place. You know. 
Jeremy and Stephanie. Of the Intercourse Johnsons? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yes. And we would we watched this music video, and I can remember all three of us were like, this is the most beautiful song that has ever been written or recorded. And then two years later, I too was starting to be like, there's a sex joke in here somewhere. I don't know where <laughs> it is. But yes, I have, um, I have a soft spot for this song. And like some other songs that we have discussed, it is written by the... the uh, songwriting team of Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly, who brought us Like a Virgin, who brought us um, uh, I Touch Myself by the Divinals. They wrote uh, True Colors. They wrote so many. They wrote uh, So Emotional for Whitney Houston. Okay. They've they've written like so many great songs. They wrote um, the, uh, Alone by Heart. Oh, that's a good. So, Did we, is that the one we talked about? No, we've talked about Like a Virgin, though. Yes. In the Immaculate Collection ranking mm-hmm. episode. And they just, uh, they are responsible for so many outstanding songs like this by women. And well, I just love them. If you think about it, that's interesting because Like a Virgin, like, I like the song, but that's another one where she does have that, like, I don't know how exactly to put this. Like, sometimes my ways of describing sounds are like foods and it makes no sense, but let me just try to blunder through it. That they both have this like, I would liken it to like a licorice nib. It's dense and high and sweet. Mm. Hoffs and Madonna in that period. Mm -hmm. Like she, um, as her career went on, Madonna definitely figured out or was told or both. You need to, you need to come down a little into a different register because you're just not a very good Singer, so your vocalizations need to be more like speaking, so that they are less um, unrelatably unpleasant. Well, but and she some f- of the top notes of "Like a Virgin" are really like, yeah. like, Oh, why are we up here? Why are we up here? Well, and my guess is because I. Now, let's take a break for a fond memory that involves, believe it or not, middle school and phys ed. Remember the presidential fitness test? Well, one year, this girl in my class, Carrie, sang, Do you really want to hurt me? At our gym teacher during the flexed arm hang, we all fell out laughing, including Ms. Benthine, and then we all sang that joint as a good luck charm every year. So, Boy George and Culture Club, thank you for saving that entire endeavor. You too, Carrie. Uh, Carrie is not on tour, as far as I know, but Boy George and Culture Club totally are. It's called The Life Tour, and it's not just Boy and the Club and all their Grammy-winning hits. It's also the B-52s and Tom Bailey of the Thompson Twins, an act who's into the Gap cassette I literally wore out twice back in the day. The tour is presented by The Row and Harris Reno, and it's coming to the Reno Event Center on September 22nd. To get your tickets to see Culture Club, the B-52s, and a Thompson Twin, visit Ticketmaster.com or call 1-888-288-1833. It's going to be a great show, and best of all, no shuttle run. And now, back to the podcast. Well, and my guess is because I've read extensively about Kelly and Steinberg, 
that that's how they placed it when they made the demo. And apparently sure. the demo was almost unchanged. So that's like, that's what the demo is. So we're going to do it in this key. Like a virgin? Or yeah, like a, a virgin. That's okay. what the demo is. So stick with it, homegirl. Actually, we should just make, we should just write an opera in which, or a musical, in which like a virgin is in the first act. And then eternal flame is sort of like the, end of the second act it's like the big outro yes and then we just have to fill in the rest of it with other pop songs that are about a woman's journey from first love to the clap well honestly I... all sung a couple of keys too high by patty lupone a, w- a woman's journey from first love to the clap is the kind of tagline well i almost feel like we could do it with just the song what would you call it clap your hands and sing possibly yeah so i almost feel like we could do it with the hits of these two writers because the final song after eternal flame after she gets to the clinic is then she, alone is i touch myself okay because i don't need all i, I i'm actually not going to have sex with anyone anymore the best, the safest sex is the sex you have with yourself. Everybody in the audience is then asked to like clap your hands together, or maybe just take the one free hand you've got and wave it in the air, and then out we go. I love it. Um, remind me what the other songs were. I'm so gonna. I'm actually. I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm gonna pull them up right now. Because I don't actually have a ton to say about Eternal Flame, except that despite the fact that it is sometimes awkward to listen to because of Hoff's Hoffsing and that it's not her fault but she's just a little bit overmatched by the soaring of the vocal uh, it's still a great song I don't like change away from it if it comes on right. the radio it's a good song I feel like what it is a great example of is songwriting pop songwriting as a craft yeah. it is a song that there is a great hook. You know what's okay? I will say, though, it's interesting. Structurally, the song is kind of interesting, along with the fifth circle of fifth. There's, like, the verse to... The, the chorus is, like, super long. Either either there is no real chorus, or the chorus is, like, a minute and a half. I think there is no real chorus. I wonder what... I wonder if there's, like, a schmancy... Yeah, maybe there's, like, a term for it. But it is. it is... I think one of the reasons that this song is pleasurable in a weird way is because it is surprising... Because, like, the forward motion of the bump, 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 there's, like, that little beat that you can ride yeah, forward like on. Yeah, there's, like, literally a metronome happening, yes. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But then it just keeps going, like, the verse, close your eyes, give me your hand, and then say my name is the bridge. And then really, in a way, the only element of the chorus that's really a chorus is the line, is this burning and eternal flame. And then it's, like, there's, like, a pre-chorus and a bridge. And so that is a reason to pull back that I have often... L- found myself defending internally it's not like i've ever gotten a fight about it but i defend the bangles <laughs> i think that the bangles are a band that got unfairly overlooked in their skill because of the misogyny of the 80s yeah because if you look at the songs like in your room which is a hit of theirs from this same album i don't know if you know that one i do or their cup. same problem with her voice. It's but. also written by Steinberg and Kelly, mm-hmm. but but like song like a song like that. That's or, where she discovers in the musical. That's where she discovers that there are some things happening south of the border that's that right. should not be. Well, and then Hazy Shade of Winter, which they covered, I thought really successfully. Same, but I like, like it better than the original. I do too, and it's not always true of a Simon and Garfunkel cover. Yeah, those can be tough. But like also, Hazy Shade of Winter is the description of the discharge. Yes. <laughs> Look around. 
in 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 my bed there's a hazy shade of winter in my knickers oh god <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. this is like yeah but this I, is going to be the worst musical ever it won't even have one performance but my larger point being the Bengals have done their hit songs are really interesting and unusual and i think if you look at them as a collection you hear a band that made catchy interesting music that doesn't sound like a desperate attempt to chase the trends of the moment. Yeah. I think there's also something to be said for having like survived. I think they like are still technically together, except Michael Steele was like, I fucking can't with this drama anymore. Right. Fair enough. Um, But I think that there was a lot of judgment in like the turn of the nineties thrown at Susanna Hoffs for quote, allowing the record company to set it up as like her and her band and it's like i don't i don't think that's how it started no and i also would love for anyone to be put in that position at that time when you're like a working musician and you're an all-girl band and you're getting little enough respect as it is and they're like we can sell this way better if one of you is the front guy yeah. And she's like, I'm little and I have curlier hair and I guess I'll do it. Like if they're like, we want Susanna Hoffs to be the focal point of the band. Is there a way to say no? Yeah. And also, can we? It's like people being like, why didn't you just leave Harvey's room? Like, fuck you. Like people want to work and they get scared and they think they're never going to have another opportunity. So I, I would like to say I've been a little hard on her for her voice, but... I don't think the way that she was packaged was her fault for that reason or any other reason. And, you know, she went on to marry or at least make music with Matthew Sweet. Like, she's got yeah, taste. She, in like, yeah, exactly. Um, well, whatever happened to that guy? Doesn't it feel like yeah. he was on everybody's mixtapes for like five years? And then, he, I mean, he didn't die, did he? No, but you're right. It's like when the No Alternative compilation was out, Matthew Sweet was just everywhere. Yeah. I associate the two those two things together. And then it was like... Bye? Yeah. Where did you go? He's like, I'm going to learn to make shoes, and I'll have an English accent. So, and <laughs> and you know, that's his character in this musical, will have a bad English accent, and that's how we'll know not to trust him. Yeah, the shoemaker. He's the villain. Ooh, yes. Okay, so uh, <laughs> having now, I think, adequately defended Susanna Hoffs, adequately supported the musical excellence of the Bangles adequately diagnosed the vocal problems that are in front of her and adequately explained the various allures of Eternal Flame, I think it's time to finish out our musical. Here are some other hit songs by the uh, Kelly and Steinberg songwriting team. By the apparently pro-solo sex team. So Emotional by Whitney Houston. Uh Uh-huh. So I get... I get so emotional every time I think of you is I probably the the like anger that you gave me to clap. Yeah. I think that's where we opened act two. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, true Colors might be the end of act one mm-hmm. where she's like, I see your true colors and they're streaked with gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> or on top of that, she's also afraid she's pregnant and the true color is like a little pink line. And Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then I'll Stand By You by The Pretenders. Oh, okay. So maybe that's you know, the, like... I've I've never really liked that song either, and it's the same reason. That it's like, this is not... I'm not sure this is Chrissy's song. 
I feel like you have probably today uncovered a consistent theme of their songs, which is that they keep asking the women that they're writing for to sing higher than they should. Yeah. And it's like, but it sounds so good on the demo. It's like, they're dudes. And yeah, like high for them. Yeah. Is Anyway. Yeah. Okay. And sorry. Continue. Also, I Drove All Night by Cindy Lauper. I drove all night to get to you. Maybe that's the clinic. The clinic is where she drove all night. She had to drove to the all night. She drove to the all night clinic. I don't think I know that song. Oh, it's really good. Okay, well, we'll talk about that offline. And then... Uh, I drove all night just to say you infected me. That's a different <laughs> song. And then finally, uh, recently, there's the song Give Your Heart a Break by Demi Lovato. Okay. It's a really good song. Oh, and, Demi. Uh, Poor Demi. Demi. Oh, girl, I know. We support you. Get well soon. Well, you know what, listeners? How would you put Give Your Heart a Break into this musical? That if We're going to leave that last part for you. Yes. <laughs> Because we've really gone far astray. <laughs> it's it's true. Um, I have a feeling that we may have opened ourselves to some kind of liability. Yeah. <laughs> and that liability is venereal disease. <laughs> <laughs> Get tested, kids. Oh, my gosh. Safe sex. No glove. No love. No love. Um, all right. Well, on that note, thank you for listening um, to this PSA on safe sex and we look forward to seeing you when this musical is being canceled in the middle of a song during New Haven previews when Patty Lapone from the stage curses our names and then storms away yeah that she's like is that a giant stethoscope descending at the at the back of the stage are those dancing shankers i'm out <laughs> and so are we Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.